We feel like it's common sense, but it's funny when people actually do hire us to clean up somebody else's project. We're there and they explain to you how they were working with somebody else. And we're just like, wow. Hello and welcome. We're back with another episode of KB Talks, powered by the NKBA, the only podcast dedicated to growing and supporting the kitchen and bath industry. I'm Jennifer Bertrand, your KB Talks host. Today, we're tackling the topic of client relationships or lack thereof. Um, we'll explore how to build new meaningful relationships, how to maintain the ones you have, and how to cultivate these to achieve more business in the long term. All this and more with two lovely experts on the topic coming up next. But first, this quick word from our sponsor. Monogram is more than luxury appliances. Monogram is the experience. We are inspired by life and the way you live. With high style, superior craftsmanship, and award-winning technology, our products raise the bar on what's possible in your kitchen designs. Our industry-leading induction cooktops, connected ovens, custom panel refrigerators, Advantium speed cooking ovens, and premium dishwashers blend seamlessly into your dream kitchen projects. Whether for yourself or your clients, Monogram helps you push the boundaries of gourmet style and create a kitchen fit for a chef. We are back and ready to dive into today's chat. I'm pleased to introduce you to our guests, but I'm going to let them introduce themselves. They're the design duo behind Pulp. Go ahead, introduce yourself, give a little elevator speech of why you're amazing. Well, hello. Thanks so much for having us. I am Beth Dotolo. I'm one half of Pulp Design Studios. I am Carolina Gentry, the other half, the fun half. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. um, um, we uh, are a national interior design firm. So we have um, offices in Dallas, Seattle, Los Angeles. And, um, you know, we started in Dallas and then expanded and have a licensed collection with S. Harris, a fabric collection. And so um, we've kind of built our business with great client relationships and referrals. And then that, and that's really how we've grown. And so we're happy to be here and talking about that with you. Yay. So if you guys were to, like, say one bit of advice we could give to maintain longevity with our clients, what would you say? Like, what's the difference between you guys and someone else? Well, I mean, just in general, I think communication is key. Yeah, I mean, in I think, general, I mean, yeah, to, to maintain and for them to like you and to keep Definitely. it and everything. I mean, I think I think the thing is, is a lot of times we come in as like the fixer from what another a client had a bad experience with the designer, and I think this industry is really hard because it's very intangible until it's done. And so if you don't have really good client communication, and you don't and you don't run your business like a business with a with a clear cut plan and and um, manage those client expectations, they can feel like you're kind of just swirling doing nothing. Because a lot of times we'll come and we'll start working with a client and they're explaining their problems and then we'll go with the, with the designer and then we'll go in and see what the issue was when we finally get into the space and they're really, like the issue was valid. It's just that the communication wasn't there. So they thought that they were just having their money spent. We're like, oh, well this designer did this because you know, you had to switch out all the outlets when you painted because then they were saw almond color. You didn't see the value in switching the outlets out, but it like kind of had to be done. They just didn't tell you that up front, you know? So, right. Um, you have to communicate with everything. I mean, you're, you're, they're hiring you for a service and it's an expensive service. So you have to make sure you're, you're guiding them through the entire journey you're going with them. But so when you guys do that, is it, and sometimes I ask dumb questions that I already know the answer to, but like, is it one where you do it in written form up front 
Or do you say, we start every Monday with a hello email and this is what we do? Or is it not a set kind of procedure that you guys No, we have a pretty set procedure. And I think the biggest part of it is on the intake. I mean, we have, we've um, produced some videos that we put out there that we share with our clients as part of the intake process. So even when they start, like we've kind of distilled our process down into like a simple three-step process, although that's not really all any designer out there knows, like there's no simple three-step process to design. But on the client end, if we're doing our jobs right, their job, their part should be easy. So we've, we've kind of distilled it down and we share this video with them so that we manage their expectations before they even talk with us. So I think that helps too is because I can't tell you how many, like earlier on when we first started, how many, I wouldn't say bridges we burned, but how many dissatisfied clients we had because, you know, they were coming in thinking they were going to spend a certain amount of money and they didn't really communicate that to us. And we, you know, they say, I have a big budget, but that means different things to each of us. So, um, you know, we, we have learned to try to get that all out in front and beginning and kind of work through that in the beginning. So our intake process is pretty intense. So they know like, here's what we expect. Here's, this is actually a process. This isn't, we're not going to come over and, you know, design your house and have it done in a week. Like they've seen on TV, you know, like we're like, we have a full blown process. This is a luxury service. This is how it works. And that's the beginning of it. And then from there we have a really clear process and we can always break process and we always do on every project. But I think if clients know that the process is there, they know like kind of, you got to know the rules before you can break them. They feel a lot more confident and they know that this is like, they, they see the path rather than just going like, okay, I'm just writing a check every month or yeah. I'm spending like, you know, $500,000. I don't know what I'm spending it for. Um, so we, so we break it down and we have a really clear process where we start in the beginning and we first do like layouts, budgets, get all the numbers out of the way. Like the, that's the most important part we found is kind of get, even though you scare some people off, if they have, if they're ready to invest, when you get the numbers out of the way first, you can just really focus on the process for the rest of the time and really, you know, focus on the creative part and focus on the execution rather than constantly worrying about how much it costs. So that's our, that's our first step is really is budget. So whether that be like determining the project sco scope for construction or doing everything down to furnishings, but furnishing budgets, including, we also include shipping and insulation and, um, everything. It is an estimate, but it's a pretty good estimate considering that we've worked on so many projects in the past. I mean, we know after the intake process, we, we really understand what their quality level and their expectations are and for the actual project. And then, we nail down that budget and we, we try our best to stay within. And then if they, if they veer into something else, then you can at least go back and look at this, like, listen, this is what we had estimated, but now you're saying you want this. So that might be more expensive, but at least they know and you're communicating and you're, you're, you're explaining everything throughout the process. Yeah. So I mean, I think the, the professionalism, I think is the feedback we get most of our clients because most of our clients are busy. They're, they're all professionals. They all have amazing jobs and, um, you know, they work for their money. Most of our clients, I mean, a lot of people, you know, aren't that way, but they, they really respect the professionalism because they're in, a, they're in a professional realm themselves. And so I think, you know, having everything, you know, kind of more clear cut in a way, or at least explained in a clear cut way, I think kind of helps them navigate, like, you know, it, the, the whole process is really kind of unknown to, to people who don't do this until they, until it's explained to them. So it's also about education too. So. Well, we, feel like it's, we feel like it's common sense, but it's funny when people actually do hire us to clean up somebody else's project where they're, and they explain to you how they were working with somebody else. And we're just like, wow, we actually have our stuff together. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, considering that 
that you have two people in two different states, like, and that communication and professionalism is a strong aspect. That says a lot about you two. Do you both communicate differently? Yes. Yes. We yes. each have our own strengths, Jennifer. <laughs> our so own strengths, which is what makes us such a wonderful dynamic duo. Well, so, I would say my strengths are professionalism and clear communication and decisiveness. Carolina just kind of like swirls around and does whatever, but it always still like lands exactly no, right. I, I, I am, I'm, I'm great at communicating. I, um, I, it's one of my strengths, but I have to say, um, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not as, I'm a little more, I have an organic. She's like kind of a creative, like artist, very like, creative, but very professional too, yeah. but she'll be like Tasmanian devil swirling around. And I I'm can, like, I can manage like so many things in my brain. It's like crazy. It, no, I love it. I don't even know how I do it sometimes, but it, it's true. And, and I don't structure it. I have to have everything like on my calendar in bullet points, you know, and, and it's calendar funny. looks like a crazy person's calendar. <laughs> it, it really does. It's like oh, a rainbow it, of appointments. It is I love it. And you're, you're like a design savant. So <laughs> yeah, <here's> she is. <laughs> so someone probably somewhere is going to listen to this and go, oh, poo, I need to get my act together. Those yeah. two sound legit. Yeah. What bit of advice would you give them if you were like, okay, focus on just one thing? Because it sounds like you guys really made your intro into working with you very solid with the video and I'm sure paperwork. Is there anything else where you're like, if you could just focus on these one to two things, you'll slowly fall into upping your game. Well, I think the first thing is like, is actually kind of sort of like a marketing component, but it still, it still relates to making sure you're treating your client with professionalism is finding it, figure first figure out who your client is and who you want to be working with. Because if you can tailor your process to that, that person, like we've distilled who our people are, you know, our people are busy working professionals, you know, there's like a whole list of things that we qualify them for. You know, a lot of them are, are in the service business. So like lawyers, doctors, so they know how hourly billing works. That might not be for some. So for us, we figured out who our client was and we were able to tailor our service to that client. So I think that's the first part because there, you know, some, some people might not want to be billed by the hour or by the month, you know, like some, some clients, you know, designers, every designer is working with a different set of people. So, you know, I don't think that you can base it exactly on our process. Everyone has to, has, their, has to have their own individual kind of goals for their own business and kind of figuring out who that client is that goes along with their personality type and their business goals, I think is the first step because then you can tailor your service to that person and tailor your process to that person. But then I think the second part is just really professionally honing in on your service. So like, you know, what does your process look like? Determine a process and then try to stick to it. And, but I think just take, it's like, it's like kind of writing a business plan. Like you don't want to do it. And I actually don't know if we ever wrote a business plan. To be honest no, with you, but, but I mean, we, you know, yeah. but, but you have to like, it's the work you have to put you have to in. Think about it. Yeah. I feel like the way you chat about it, I can instantly picture your rainbow calendar as well. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure she has like an appointment for taking vitamins. I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> now, okay, so you guys, obviously you do great with your clients and they love you because they run their own businesses and you meet their expectations. But if you're now trying to nourish those relationships after a design job, um, what do you like do to continue nourishing those relationships? Well, we, we kind of like remarket to them in a way. So we, you know, we, um, a lot of them we'll, follow us too. And so they yeah, a lot of them follow us about our social media 
on social media. Um, we just actually launched a new magazine, which we're going to be mailing out to our clients. It's called icon because you know, iconic. Well, actually it was modeled after our, um, the logo, we call it the icon, the logo, the, this little icon in the our pulp, logo. Yeah, the pulp, the pulp and then logo. after we, after we launched, we were like, Oh wow, that kind of sounds kind of egotistical. I think because we named it icon, but it's just icon was like an internal term for us for so long about our little logo. Um, but yeah, so we launched this magazine called Icon, um, what, like last month, I think. And it was actually really received well within the, within the design community with our clients because we launched it online. But the goal when we launched it too is to be able to print it and mail it to our clients because a lot of clients follow us on social media. You know, we have a, we have a fairly decent Instagram following for our industry and um, they follow us there. And then some people that are just, that just don't have time, they don't follow us at all. They don't know what we're doing. They don't go to our website. They don't subscribe to our yeah. blog. They delete our newsletters. I mean, it's just the way it is. So, um, so we, um, you know, we wanted something that we could put in the mail to them so that they could see it and then see the kind of work that we're doing. So I think like remarketing to them and like, you know, showing kind of the fresh design, I think is important. Um, we photograph their homes, we give them copies of the images and the thank you gift. And, you know, we just continue that professionalism, continue that relationship. Um, we've become, you know, sort of friends with some yeah, of them. Yeah, we keep in touch for friends. sure. You babysit um, their children. Um, Not, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your thank you gift? You know, people want to know that. What kind of different things have you done? Are they is it like a, a pulp thing? Like, cause yeah, I know yeah, like, sometimes it's always so we, different depending on the client. I yeah. We have, so we have, we created our own line of candles and our own line of throws and tea towels and coasters. And so sometimes we will send a throw as a thank you, or sometimes it's a candle, but then sometimes we have clients, we have them fill out this form of speaking of intake again. Um, one of the things we do, which is I think important too, is we have to fill out a questionnaire that we call this our splendid living questionnaire and ask them questions like, um, what magazines do you read? What do you, what are your favorite indulgences at home? And that helps us to be able to design towards that. So we actually are able to surprise them with little details that improve their quality of life that they didn't even know they needed. But really, yeah. But really get to know them, which is, which is great because, you know, we are so impactful in their lives. So it's yeah. fantastic to really get to know them through that intake form. Yeah. So we go back and look at it. So this one woman is, has been on a journey for like self-improvement. She's like learning how to meditate and, and all this stuff. And so when she signed on as a client, we sent her, um, a Bible, the crystal Bible, a Bible of crystals and like a little, and one of our candles, it's called quartzite. Um, so we sent her that. And then we have another client who, um, said she hates fragrant candles and we were about to, we almost put a candle in the mail. We're like, Oh my God, check this out. <laughs> she hated fragrant candles. So we were like, don't send her that. Let's send her something different. So, um, yeah, we, we make it personal. We try to be kind of like gift concierge in a way, like, you know, if they're, you know, if they like to drink, we'll send a bottle of a nice bottle of champagne or, you know, we, we try to customize it. Like if not like you would a friend, it's like, we're not it, like, you can't have like, you know, a gifting program for your friend group, you know, and your family, like you have to gift to their personalities and gift to their tastes. So this is all amazing because obviously you guys have learned and gr grown as you've done this, but like, what is the worst um, client relationship experience you've had? Obviously not naming names, but that you were like, no to self, never do that. You know, I think it was a lot of it was a lot of it was in the beginning when we didn't have the budget conversation, when we didn't like, we just well, we did have, we would always have a budget conversation. Yeah. It's just interesting when people say, I don't have a budget because that's just ridiculous. Everybody has a budget. I mean, I don't care. We have clients that are very wealthy and they still have budgets. Like it, it's, it's still, it really needs to be outlined. It's very yeah, it important. 
it has to be written down um, for sure. I mean, I think that's probably, I think, I think the budget step was big. I think we've never or, really had also with budget, like clients that get a little excited about the whole process. Oh and yeah. I can give you an example actually. Yep. With it, and then they think, you know, they can do all these things and then they realize, Oh, oh wait, I actually was way yeah. out of my head. I don't know what I was thinking. And then you're, I have a really good example. There. Actually, you triggered something Carolina for me as a reminder. Um, we were working with a client where I can be like super persuasive sometimes because I'm like, she, we call her a word wizard. One of my superpowers. Um, I can be very persuasive. And so one of the things that I did was I persuaded these people to go with the beautiful design that I was interested in um, for them. And they got, I got them super excited about it and made them, you know, invest their money in it and come to find out they went into like complete credit card debt, <laughs> like almost got a divorce because <laughs> they didn't have the money to spend on what they were wanting to spend on. And I was like, Oh my God, I felt, I didn't feel that bad, but I was like, God, that sucks because you know, they really like they shouldn't have. And then this one woman, she, she, um, put, uh, uh she did a whole room as a surprise, his office as a surprise for the husband. And she put it all on the credit card. And when he, when we installed it and he got the bill, he like flipped and it was like, I'm like, don't be mad at me. We didn't like, we got hired to do this. And so like, I feel like that now bridges the line of pulp divorce lawyers. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. No, I know. And sometimes, and actually counter to that, we're also pulp marriage counselors. So, (laughs) Well, just in, in in general, psych psychologists for sure. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I think that's, so we learned from that and we are like, from now on, we ask who are all, who are the financial decision makers for this project? Because Because that's another thing. The husband sometimes, yeah, the, the, maybe sometimes the wife gets real excited about something and then the husband's the one that's writing the checks. So, um, you know, that's happened before where they didn't know that you're spending all this time and it's like, well, your wife's had me come out to your house 20 times and, <laughs> you know, we bill by the hour. Did you know this? Because then they yeah. look at the bill and they're like, why is there so much time? It's like, yeah, because your wife, but, I think, <laughs> but, so that goes, but, but this all goes back to what we're saying. Like you need a, you need communication a, and a robust process. Yeah. And so the thing is, is like when we, when we had these experiences, if we didn't have a process, we couldn't integrate that question into anything. So if we didn't have an intake process and we didn't have a process of communication, then you, we wouldn't be able to say, okay, we need to learn from this mistake that just happened. So it doesn't happen again. And we need to incorporate this question into our process. And we now have it in writing. Like they, you've never indicated this person was a decision maker, you know, and we haven't had the problem since because we make sure if that person's a financial decision maker, they need to be on the contract and they need to be part of the decision process. So, you know, we, we learned from that early no, on. So. You guys, you guys sound legit. Um, okay. So as, a, as a final kind of question, obviously you guys can send your clients your amazing new magazine or candle line and all of that. But if you were to give advice on someone who maybe doesn't have all those aspects or avenues mm-hmm. on how to like, they finish a client job, they've already done the gift, but if they want to like continue to nourish it, ways to pop in, how would you give any advice on continuing that relationship after the job is done if they don't have a magazine to send or? Yeah. I mean, well, I really, I have two ideas. One is really easy. It's just get their birthday and make sure you communicate with them each year on their birthday. Um, the other way too, we actually worked with a business strategist and we still work with the business strategist, which I, again, I think is really important for designers because, you know, we're not, we're not, we're creative. 
I mean, we're, we're forced into being initially because we want to have our business. And now we apparently are like, you know, legit, <laughs> but, um, but we, a lot of steps, uh, that were taken to get there. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like we had to learn along the way. And I feel like I hired a professional the same way we want someone to hire us as a professional. Um, we've done that. So she suggested that we, uh, schedule coffee and interview our client and find out like what went wrong. What did you really like? Like, what were your pain points? What really excited you? What also, what made you decide to hire a designer? Just ask like lots of questions. All, and of, all of those things. You. Yeah. Feedback is so important. Yeah. You know, and it so, can be like negative feedback can sometimes be kind of like a, a bad for your ego, but at the same time, it's like such a positive thing because you learn so much from it. Yeah. Um, and positive mm-hmm. feedback's in, amazing because then you know what's working. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like even if things like, even if small things go wrong, like they, like I had, we had one client that we interviewed. She was like, the thing is, is like, I don't really know, like with the accessories portion, cause we do like an accessory allowance and then we come in and ins- install all the accessories. Um, she's like, I didn't really, I don't really know, like, you know, if this is like a $500 thing or if it's like a $2 thing, like, so can my kid play with it or can they not play with it? And that kind of bugged me. And I was like, well, it gave us the opportunity to say, well, actually, if you looked closer, all the pricing was there. And you could go look at it. And she's like, oh my God, I didn't even know that. I was like frustrated with this the whole time. And I had no idea. Or it gives us the opportunity to fix something. But I think anytime someone has the opportunity to air any grievances or even sit there and celebrate what happened, like it kind of puts them in front of mind. And then it's kind of like a little, like a, a review in a way. So it kind of, it puts the dialogue back in their mouths and then they become a referral source because like now you're front of mind, like, oh, you know, I, I want to tell my friends about them, you know, that, that, that. So it's been, a, that's been a cool um, process for the clients that we've had time to do that with. And we need to get better about doing that more often. But, um, you know, I think that's been a really good, um, you know what, Jennifer, it's a good reminder for us too. Like just talking about it. We're like, Oh, we need to do that. Again. <laughs> just, just as you're saying, like, you know, maybe they, maybe they don't have their own like handles and stuff, but just as a gift, just in general, a handwritten note goes a long way. Yeah. I always think that when I get a handwritten note from anybody, I love it. It's true. Somebody, nobody now in this day of technology and everything and everything, nobody takes the time to sit down and pick a card out or pick, write a letter to somebody and put a stamp on it and send it. I mean, it's, I think it's nice. No, maybe, all, maybe a little box of chocolates or something. <laughs> something. All of these things are what makes you two successful and amazing. And I love that you're still humble and normal. How many years have you guys been doing this? Uh, well, we've been doing it for a while, but we've been in business for over 12. Right. So you've learned a lot along the way. So we, yes. We really appreciate the two of you sharing all of that, the good, the bad, the ugly, and how you grow those relationships. So um, we have more to see from Pulp. I know this is just the beginning, but we're going to say thank you to both of you for doing this. Thank you. And everyone else, you can expect more from us at KB Talks, powered by the NKBA in the coming weeks. And as always, send your suggestions and feedback. I promise I'll get it out of my mouth to nkba at flyingcamel.com. And thanks everyone for tuning in and stay tuned for a quick NKBA Minute. Why belong to the NKBA? The NKBA makes you smart. With membership, you get access to exclusive business insight, design trends, technology and consumer behavior, the facts you need to grow your business, and professional development opportunities to keep you on top of your game. We save you money. The cost of your membership is covered many times over by free or discounted passes to KBIS, research studies, and learning opportunities. 
Your professional profile on our website is a free marketing tool for you to showcase your best work and get discovered by potential clients. We raise your credibility with certification. Only members are eligible to apply for the industry's most trusted hallmarks of expertise, the Certified Kitchen and Bath Designer Designation. Certified designers have the potential to earn more and gain confidence among clients and peers. So, come join the Kitchen and Bath Industry Authority. Visit nkba.org to join today.